Welcome to the I Give a F1 podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Lynette, and we're here to talk about the latest news in Formula One. Welcome back, everybody. We are back from the U.S. Grand Prix. Yes, Austin, baby. <laughs> we're tired, but we're here. We're yeah, sorry we're that here. we are a day late uh, releasing this episode, but we had some much needed rest. We had a very busy week last week, and a lot of that is thanks to Coda. So yeah, thank you fun. so much, Coda, for for having us out and we got to do a lot of fun stuff. Um, and that's what we figured we would start out with today. So just give y'all a little bit of information on like what we were able to do over the week and things that might even be accessible to, you know, your everyday fans. So yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so we arrived on Wednesday mm-hmm. and there was already so much going on, right? Oh my gosh. It was buzzing. Yeah. It already. was buzzing. Yeah, so we had we got to Austin and we immediately went to the Kraken and Williams fan zone that was downtown and that was a really cool experience. It was. We were there for quite a while. There was just so much yeah. to do. They had the simulators, they had um all the merch that you could buy. The Baddock board. Yeah, the Baddock board. I like that. The they trophy had, museum. Yeah, the trophy museum. And then they had like where you could do like some virtual art like yeah they had these like crazy spray cans that were I guess like it's like digital art Mm -hmm. um and it was really cool they were doing like portraits and they also did personalizations of t-shirts which was really cool Mm -hmm. and I think one of the coolest parts was they had a driver Q&A which we got to um, yeah take take part in with both drivers yeah so that was that was nice yeah, so we were lucky enough to be able to have a photo with Logan Sargent, which by the way, if you are just like a fan out in, you know, I think they had one in Miami, mm-hmm. right? They had one in Austin. They may have one in Vegas, but Williams does a great job of having those fan zones at most of the races. And you can go in, it's free. You just have to sign up for your grid pass and you're able to get into the meet and greet. And you can meet the drivers. I think James Voles and Jensen Button were there mm-hmm. on, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, so it was really, really cool. And it, it's free access to, to anybody. So we ended up being able to meet Logan. And we listened to Alex being interviewed. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of that interview? I think he really stood out for both uh, of us. Just how honest he was and answering the questions. You know, it wasn't like your... Typical things like this is what I'm supposed to say. You know, they're listening to me. I need to be careful. Like he was just so honest and and just himself answering those questions. Yeah. I think my favorite thing that he said was, I'm still a little bit traumatized from Qatar. So coming back, (laughs) coming to Austin, he was like, I'm really hoping for a cooler weather weekend, which I think it was a little warm. It was. But we have a lot of wind at the at the track. So that probably helped keep things a little cool. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an amazing time. So then we actually headed to Coda. Yes. So in the evening we went to the food preview, which, um, thanks to Coda for inviting us. And Mm -hmm. we got to see some of the different foods that they were going to have all around the track. And also, um, like Austin restaurants and chefs from Austin that were there and, it was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Food. So we got to, I think we were greeted right away with Austin Oyster Co., which mm-hmm. they, I guess, bring all their oysters in from Massachusetts. They're East Coast oysters. So if you're an oyster fan, like definitely check them out. They're not just at the race. Um, and then also they had the All Pro Smoke Show. So there were several different chefs that cooked barbecue that were um, at the All Pro Smoke Show section of the I guess it's like the Grand Plaza behind the Grand Plaza. Mm -hmm. They had like that food section there. So it was really, really cool. We had a great time. And that night we were pretty pooped. So we went home after that. Oh, yeah, (laughs) definitely. We had a long day. All our days were I had a little Uber incident. (laughs) (laughs) So thankfully, um, Lynette was able to come back and scoop me up to bring me me home. But yeah, um, guys, like Uber can be really weird. So be careful. Be careful out there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's a lot of great food at the track everywhere, all the different sections that you go to, there's going to be some, some really good food. So at least least you had that, right? Yeah. So Thursday we, we woke up, we got ready for the pit lane walk and that is also, um, easily accessible for those who purchase three day main grandstand tickets. Yes. 
So um, as long as you have those tickets, you can go in on Thursdays. It's usually around four o'clock and they let you onto the pit lane and you can see the car. Sometimes the drivers will go out, you know, um, and they, they'll do pit stop practice and you never know who you're going to see out there. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. We got to see Ferrari do pit stop practice. Mm -hmm. I think Haas as well. Yeah. Red Bull was doing some, and I know McLaren, uh, they did their picture with, uh, Lando for Mm -hmm. their, his hundredth race or something yeah. that we're celebrating it was the hundredth race right i think so and then we i also got a spotting of daniel ricardo on his little scooter mm-hmm. like going up to his yeah track as walk. soon as we went in we got to see him real quick like just fly by and then you'll see some of the other drivers also doing their track walk so you'll see them kind of jogging through the track Carlos. or or walking with the rest of their team Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's always fun. That's like one of the fun things about that pit walk on Thursdays that yeah. you never know who you're going to see. You know? Yeah. And I also got to see one of my favorite uh, guys on Instagram to follow Liam. He like does some really fun F1 content. So definitely check him out. Um, yeah, it's just cool. Like who you'll run into. We also saw Caroline from F1 mm-hmm. Caroline and got to see Mon V. And yeah, so it was it was a busy really busy pit lane walk. Mm-hmm. I will say it was, you know, get there early because uh, yeah, the lines get really long. Lines. I mean, you can imagine all of the people on the main grandstand showing up to try and squeeze into that, that Space. pit lane. So yeah, definitely get there early. And you can also do that if you prefer to buy an F1 experiences ticket. And then I think you get a little bit um, more from that. You know, you get more time out there you get to do the um like the big bus that goes around the track and and all of that so there's definitely ways that you can just go out there and enjoy it and get special experiences Mm -hmm. but yeah so then i headed actually lynette and i split ways after that and i went to the pad hoc live podcast event at the mayfair that is you know a separate podcast with other co-hosts that um more specifically, one of my favorites, Lawrence Barreto. He's one of the F1 commentators. So I got to meet him. He was so, so, so nice and just super welcoming. And it was a very like open forum. Like they were just kind of sitting on couches and we all got to sit around and we even at one point got to ask them questions. And so, um, yeah, I asked, I asked Lawrence, what was his favorite race to report from? And he said, Singapore. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I thought, oh, Lynette. <laughs> Lynette's been there. So um, yeah, so that was a great time. We got to run into um, our girls from Fan Behavior and the Mayfair like really did a great job of just making us feel special. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And then you headed to the... Yeah, so I was at the Aston Martin fan meetup and yes. um, there was, uh, they had the drivers well, they had p- their driver team. So they had Stoffel Van Dorn, who he's a, form- a former F1 driver, and he's the Formula E championship uh, champion. And then Jessica Hawkins, which she recently got to drive their F1 car um, yeah. around the track. On so FP1, right? Yeah. So they were there answering questions and, and talking to everybody. And then they also had karting. So they, they went karting and everybody else oh. got to go karting too. So, so that was lots of fun. So that, there's always so many opportunities in, in Austin to meet drivers or just anyone from the team. And that was something that you just you just got in your email because you are signed up for the Aston Martin emails, right? Yeah, so if you sign up, and I'm sure other teams have it also, I would think, (laughs) that you sign up for their emails and then they'll let you know like when they're having a special event or when they're doing kind of like a contest that you can enter, enter. So you just enter your email and then they'll just contact you. And I know a lot of people last year also got to experience another one of the Aston Martin events where they got to meet their current driver lineup. So, um, and I mean, from the comments, you know, everybody seemed to really enjoy it. And if you just like look on Instagram, you see there's, there's so much, you know, you had, um, Daniel's pop-up shop with the Enchante pop-up shop. And I think I saw some pictures that he actually showed up, like made an appearance like earlier in the week while they were setting it up. And yeah, you never know who you're going to run into like in Austin downtown, just walking around. Yeah. And at, I think they had La Barbecue which I think uh, the Williams drivers tried barbecue at (laughs) for the first time. And then there was that other barbecue place that I think Yuki was at. What's the popular one? Franklin's. Franklin's. Yeah. Yeah, Yuki was at Franklin's. So just like hanging out around Austin, you can really, you never know who you're going to see that week. 
But um, anyway, so I guess after that, you know, started the Thursday qualifying and I was lucky enough actually to um, my old boss <laughs> was like, hey, I know you're like a huge F1 fan and I'm going to be I have like paddock passes. Would you like to come? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so just so random. I, it's not wasn't given to me by like anybody, you know, Formula One related, but um, I got to experience that, which was really cool. And it's my first time ever being in a paddock um, club. And I just wanted to say it is so creepy because people like, including myself, sit on that back, the in the very back of the paddock and mm-hmm. like watch the team, the team, <laughs> uh, the team clubs that they have in the back hospitality suites, mm-hmm. the, the team hospitality suites. And you can see like all the drivers walking up to their rooms and stuff. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you, I was so like locked in, just like staring at these people, like walking down the road. I'm like, this is so creepy, but yeah. having but lunch and having their conversations. They and... were literally sitting there like having a cap. Well, Ferrari was the only one that had a cappuccino yeah. machine in there. <laughs> <laughs> they were like making their little cappuccinos and espressos. And I was just like, wow, like this is just so crazy to be able to like eavesdrop and look at these people that you just idolize and speak about every week. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I will say first person I ran into was Otmar Safnauer mm-hmm. and I, who, who was he there with? Nobody. Okay. So that was, what's so crazy. And I love the fact that I get to tell you guys this because like, this is not like known, like, I don't think, you know, nobody's going to be talking about him, but he showed up by himself. He ended up taking a random seat next to us in the paddock club and he was standing there by himself. So my husband went and talked to him for a bit. And because he was like, oh, he's all alone. I bet I can go talk to him. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. He's going to go and say something so dumb. No, but they had talked for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, he said he was here hoping that he was going to meet with a team or two. Oh. So he still has eyes on his F1 career. Mm-hmm. I think as of right now, his contract with. Alpine is still keeping him from getting any other jobs in Formula One. So it was crazy because like later on in the day, we were like peeking into the garage, like See to the, what, who to the suites and he to. totally went to Ferrari for a second. And okay. we were like, oh my gosh, like, is he trying to like work for Ferrari? But then he started making his rounds and he did, he went to like a couple of the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I noticed was Ferrari right away. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, he's going up to Fred Visser's like office upstairs. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm sure, you know, they're all friendly with each other and all yeah. friends. So that, you know, they have to catch up and talk and stuff. So, yeah. So who knows, you know, who knows? <laughs> We're but not that's starting any rumors or anything, well, but <laughs> we might be, it's okay. <laughs> We're going viral, right? I know. Let's go viral. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, that was really cool. I just wanted to mention that because you just never know what you'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just have to be super creepy to, (laughs) (laughs) to get all the scoop. (laughs) But, um, anyway, so yeah, that brings us into. So yeah, Friday, Friday qualifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the qualifying for the race because it was a sprint week- weekend. Right. And we had uh, Charles Leclerc on pole. Yes, and because Max got his time deleted mm-hmm. for track limits. Yeah. And so. Uh, yeah, so after that, um, I guess there was some issues with track limits. And after that, they decided to not do the track limits. So right. for the rest, for Saturday and the race on on Sunday, they didn't really I guess enforce the track limits like they did on Friday which I think is a little bit crazy that right that they would just halfway through the like, the weekend actually, say okay never mind yeah um you know and and clearly it affected Max's uh position like where he was gonna start so yeah. that's kind of it's a bit you know, unfair for Max that all of a sudden I would they're th- like, yeah I would think oh, so yeah, or actually, any driver it's, it's all good mm-hmm. well I mean yeah but it affected his position yeah so, um, yeah. And then, um, special liveries going into the weekend, we wanted to touch oh, on. Right, so yes. we had Haas, Williams and Red Bull. Yeah. Which one did you How like could the we most? forget? So they were all, you know, red, white, and blue yes. USA. Gosh. Um, I really liked the Williams with the American Same. flag. The Williams was to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And they unveiled the that on a Thursday morning. I think it was Yeah, right. Thursday morning. We actually saw it like in the pit lane. Mm-hmm. 
walk. And then that night when I went to the podcast for Lawrence Barreto's podcast, one of his co-hosts was like, so I posted about the livery and then I realized we weren't supposed to post about it yet. Oh my gosh. So I think we like actually got a view of it before it was actually publicized. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And, um, and then we had updates. So we had Mercedes had updates. Haas had updates and, um, Aston Martin also had some updates Mm -hmm. and it ended up that Haas and Aston Martin wanted to revert back to a previous spec, which put them, you know, later we can talk about that, but in the race, they had to start from the pit lane. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we get into the sprint race Mm -hmm. and so first of all, I want to ask you, so now that you got to experience a sprint race in person, what do you think? Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I personally really liked it as a fan, as a spectator, because it's like, there's so much going on and it's more than just like, I don't know. It's just, it adds a whole nother day mm-hmm. of events for okay. me. I don't know. To me, I liked it. What did you think? <laughs> I did not like it at all. Like really? this to me, I think kind of solidifies like, no, we need to get rid of the sprint race. Yeah. Um, as a fan, just being there, I thought the day was way too long. Oh my gosh. I know way too long. True. You have, um, you had qualifying and then you have to wait like at least five four hours. or five hours yeah. to just watch 19 laps. I took a little cat nap yeah, in so. one of the rest areas. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, it's really just, when it, when it's time. <laughs> so it's really just, I don't think it's worth it. There's way too much time in between. And then you go and you see these just nine, 19 laps. True. It's kind of like, as you're starting to get like really starts to see some action, it's like, all right, race is over. And well, then Max that's it. put it really well. He said the sprint race is basically a preview for the race. Yeah. So like you already know you know, how that, how that's going to turn out Mm -hmm. based on the results like of the sprint race. And I, I, I really prefer having the, all the practices on Friday throughout the day. And then Saturday you still, you know, you have your practice and then you have qualifying and it's all kind of there together. And there's like, there's still a lot of action Mm -hmm. all throughout the, the pit lane and the track. And so I think it's definitely not, not your favorite (laughs) way to watch race. Yeah. See, we're split guys. We, we're so good at this. Like, I feel like we always, we're always good at just like having our own thoughts about this. Yeah. I, I think so, for me, I just liked the fact that it kept me engaged and I was able to be like, oh, like, but we have to stay because it's like, this is like, you know, points on the board for drivers. Mm-hmm. So for me, I liked it. I totally see it from your side yeah, too. And, it's a lot and it's kind of chaotic. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed that for qualifying on Saturday, which I was really surprised was how empty it was. Mm. There was not a lot of fans. In the until, paddock too. Yeah. So until the actual sprint race. So, you know, that kind of shows like that maybe people just want to show up for the race and that's it. Whereas when you have qualifying on Saturday, like people are there they're there early and, yeah. and they want to see everything going on. So it was pretty empty until mm-hmm. right before the sprint race hmm. all throughout the track. Yeah. And I did see a comment. Someone said um, that the sprint race would be interesting if maybe the reserve drivers took part in it instead of the drivers. Mm. And then we could see maybe something different. Like we're still seeing a race yeah. in the Formula One cars, but not like with the drivers and it's not affecting the championship and and we can see how, how the reserve drivers do. Oh, so that'd be a good that'd idea. Be, that'd be kind of fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Give the others a chance. <laughs> so we had Max, Lewis, and Charles, P1, P2, P3, respectively. And that brings us into race day. Did you have anything else before we get into the race day? Um, no, that's pretty much it. I think it was pretty like straightforward. The, right. the sprint race, nothing really happened. So, um, yeah, race day, Sunday, um, there was a grid walk. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't know, but I saw so many celebrities mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that maybe has to do with the, you know, some of the celebrities that were there are newly invested in Alpine, which we'll talk about later, but, Um, but we had quite a few, who did you notice? So, um, well, I didn't really notice from where I was sitting. I couldn't really, really see the celebrities, but, Mm -hmm. um, I watched the grid walk Mm -hmm. once I got home and Martin didn't really interview very, like it wasn't celebrity focused, Okay, but there was a grid walk. He did interview, 
Um, I'm not sure what his name is. He's a boxer. Okay. In the UK. And he's one of the investors for Alpine. Yes. And then he did enter in um, a golfer also. Who's not. Was it Rory? Who's, I think so. Rory McIlroy. Mm-hmm. He's not American, right? No, he's, okay, I yeah. think he's. So he interviewed both of them. Mm-hmm. And so it was more for Alpine. Um, but yeah, so. Nice. Yeah. I noticed Joe Jonas was there. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Chloe Moretz. I can't remember mm-hmm. her, her last name, but she looked so cute in her little like pixie short, short hair. Yeah. Drew Barrymore was there. Mm-hmm. Well, none, yeah, none of them Patrick got in, interviewed for the gridwalk. Yeah. Patrick so it Dempsey. was kind of there like were lots of like celebrities, yeah. but so they it was were not like they're still kind of staying away from the celebrities on the gridwalk. Cause remember, we haven't had really like a true gridwalk in a while. Since and this the Cara was, Delevingne. Yeah. And so I incident. think, <laughs> I think it's official. Like we can say, like, there's, are be, they dead? Are I they dead? So, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I loved it. I love a little, a little drama yeah. right before the race. Um, so, one of the things I had to call out, and I can't remember, I know I wrote down who the artist was, but the, the national anthem. Yes. So was it was insane. Dylan Gosset. Yes. He's an Austin native. Yes. He, He's pretty new. He He's only like has like 200,000 yeah. followers. Y'all He's go follow new, him. He's amazing. It was, it was really, really Do you good. know that he actually performed on the Sky Tower? Yes. And I didn't notice till I watched because I did watch Same. Um, like I wanted to see the whole grid walk and everything going on before. And yeah, he was on the tower, which I thought was really cool. And I didn't notice because I was just so busy looking up at the flag, like coming down. So but pretty, I yeah. know. <laughs> and with him singing, like, you know, it was. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it was I, I was like almost teary eyed hearing it just because it, of the way he sang it was just so emotional and it was, mm-hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we also had the dueling pianos, yeah. which was really cool. <laughs> that was, I mean, honestly, leave it up to Austin to provide like such good entertainment yeah. on the grid walk. And it was different from, from a sense that, you know, in Miami, we saw the driver presentations, which, oh, are, gosh, which yeah. was funny. <laughs> I think a lot of people were like, come on, seriously. Um, but then on the USGP, like it was just so well done. It was very Texan. We had the Cowboys cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. We had the UT band. I mean, it was just, it was really, really nice. Yeah. I liked it, but that's, you know, we're biased. <laughs> so, so yeah. So then of course, you know, we start the race and, um, I think, I think everyone knows the big issue with the race. And that was after the race. Yes, a disqualification. <laughs> yes. So we, yeah, we know the results and I'm sure we all watched it. We, we didn't really want to do a recap so much as kind of talk about, you know, what this particular disqualification meant. And I know a lot of y'all were like, what? I don't understand. So Lynette, do you want to try to go into it a little bit? Um, you know, how, th- how this happened or do you need, do you want me to explain um, it? Well, we can talk about how it happened, why it happened. So yeah. basically just like, um, they do random checks throughout the race weekend at the end of the race, they'll do, they'll, they'll select, um, random drivers, like random right. cars. So they, they just, usually do the top three mm-hmm. and then they pick one more. Yeah. And so this time it just happened to be the top four. Right. And it's always, it's all random. So, um, those were the ones that, so two out of the four were the ones that were disqualified that didn't meet the requirements. And it was Charles and Lewis. And the reason that they don't check the other, like the full grid is just that it would take way too long to, to go that. through, through everybody. And they think that, well, with these random checks, it should be enough to deter the teams from doing anything, you know, because if you do get, get picked out, then yeah. So, um, so to get more technical here, it's, it, they were disqualified for excessive wear on their skid blocks. So underneath an F1 car, you have the floor design. You also have this random wood plank along the bottom of the car and it's screwed in at different points with these like bolts basically. Mm-hmm. Now at the end of the race, the FIA will come in and have inspectors check the wear on those bolts. If it is within, I think it's it has to be like anything more than nine millimeters, mm-hmm. I believe yep. is, um, is, a, is basically something that they'll bring to the stewards and say that you are 
in breach of a specific rule. So the reason they do that is because they don't want you to be, they don't want the excessive wear on the bottom of the car. So the block, the wood block, skid block kind of keeps it from having too much damage on the floor. Yeah. And then they already have the titanium skid block, which that's what you, where you see the sparks. So yes. you already have that um, taking the wear. And so the wood, that's why the wood block should not be having that extra wear because you already have kind of like, they've already kind of given you a room to, to have that with the titanium one. And so if it starts to get onto the wood one, then you know that your car is too low. And, um, for something like this, it would give them better performance right? for being lower to the ground. And apparently Charles was within like 0.3 of Mm. a millimeter so it was like very very small amount of wear and and I think a lot of people were like oh like Ferrari and Mercedes are cheaters like look at this like this is insane they're trying to like so basically what it means is it's the ride height of the car so like Red Bull their car rides a little higher sometimes you'll lower the car to get more downforce Mm -hmm. and that is where they made the mistake Ferrari and Mercedes, they just made a mistake in the setup. Of yeah. The car. And, and anybody could do it. Mm-hmm. It's not like they meant to do it. They thought that it was going to, they could cheat and it would give them an advantage. Like, I don't think anybody went into the race and was like, Ooh, we're, yeah. we're <laughs> cheating. You know what I mean? Like, no, like they just messed up. Yeah. And with this weekend being a sprint weekend, so they have qualifying on Friday and pretty much once the car leaves park from a on Friday, no changes can be made. And so they only have one practice to kind of figure out what their setup's going to be. So versus the other weekends when they have a few, they have the three practice sessions where they can get all of that figured out. And Coda, the track was very bumpy. And so I guess they, you know, with that one practice round, they couldn't really figure out. They kind of had to, to think, okay, this is going to be good enough. And then conditions changed as the weekend went on so we have wind which affects the car like all of these little things that you wouldn't think and there was fog on race morning i mean Mm -hmm. it was it was cooler yeah so all all of these little things are going to affect that and so they kind of have to just go off of that one practice session and say okay this is where the height needs to be and you know it, it didn't work out so yeah yeah and so this brings me to question I understand that you say like it would take too long to inspect all the cars. Mm -hmm. They could hire more people to inspect the cars. So if they were able to get the car inspections done in the same amount of time and hire the people to do it, do you think that they should do inspections on every car or keep it as is? Um, gosh, I don't know. I would say maybe. Like I'm torn, maybe keep it as is, but I can see like why every single car should like be checked. But at the same time, I think like just if we didn't have the sprint race, Mm -hmm. I think they could have like this wouldn't have happened because they have that information from the three practice sessions. So it's not something that I think is happening every single race and that they're doing. So, right. Yeah. So my next question do you think that we could assume from the disqualification of Leclerc and Hamilton that Signs and Russell probably had the same wear on their car and may have been disqualified had they been inspected? Um, possibly, but it could also depend on maybe how they're driving. How they're driving. Mm-hmm. You know, how like are they going over the curves more? <clears throat> yeah. You know, are they? It's like the driving style could also affect that. So yeah. So not necessarily. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. So we had a couple of um, pit crew questions. Do you want to do a little pit yeah. crew segment real quick? Okay. So a lot of our questions were, yes, a lot of our questions were about the skid pad incident, which we kind of talked about, mm-hmm. you know, do we, yeah, a lot of y'all were saying what the heck like explain it so so, so do you we think they should to... all be checked i think that oh man that's hard mm-hmm. yeah i it's... think it's hard too i think i would answer the same as you yeah i don't know that it necessarily changes 
I, I, I do think that on specific weekends like this, it is hard to gauge mm-hmm. like what the right setup is on the car. I think that they need the inspections. I don't know that they need to inspect everybody. Yeah. But it I it, I definitely can understand why fans are like, if you're gonna inspect these people, you need to inspect everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I get it. Like Yeah. And it's, it's kind of the same like when they're doing their practice and qu- even qualifying and they call them in to the the way station. Like they're not doing that to every single car. So a lot of the checks that they have are random. Right. So if you're gonna do one for everybody, then I think that's going to start like changing everything. Like everybody needs to be called in or every, you know, right. just, and then a time will be, there's a lot of time and all of that, that goes into it. So, right. So you want to go over the next question? Okay. So let's see the next one. Well, Logan, so Logan Sargent got, Oh, did we talk about that? No. Um, we did not. So mm-hmm. I figured we would talk about it cause I knew you yeah. guys. Okay. Had so well, of- Logan's go back to back races and get points in Mexico. And then also Becca G who was our giveaway winner. Yay, Becca. I hope you had so much fun. I think she had a blast. She said, so happy that Logan got his first points, even on technicality. So that that's two questions actually. Mm -hmm. So because of the disqualification, our boy Logan Got his first F1 point. <laughs> I almost want to light up this place red, white, and blue. I know, so right? We can like, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is amazing. So he scored the first point since 1993, and it was Mario Andretti. Yeah, that's who, really cool. <laughs> th- exactly 30 years ago. That's really How cool. cool is that? So yeah. way to go, Logan. Yeah, and good for him for so he finished 12th. Yes. Which is really good for him, like regardless of not getting the points or anything. But, you know, he was able to like be close enough that in case anything happened, you know, even like without the disqualification, let's say somebody had to retire or there yeah. was a crash or something like he he was up there. So I think this was probably one of his, his better races because he was so he like, was high consistent. Up in the, yeah. He was hanging in there with Alex. One thing I will say is people in the comments need to step back because like, okay, I noticed a lot of people saying, oh, Lan- or, um, Logan only got points because of a technicality and he only got points because, you know, the other two were disqualified. That doesn't even count. I'm like, well, it does. It, it does, does count. Because what about, you know yeah. what? He, what if he had finished 16th instead of 12th? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he finished where he did. And it gave him the opportunity to capitalize on others' mistakes. That's all they're wanting from him at Williams is to be able to be consistent, to have a good drive, to not to actually finish the race and be close to Alex and look at what it did for him. Mm -hmm. So y'all need to calm down. Yeah. And it goes, it's not a technicality. It's, it is his driving, his good driving that got him that point. Yeah. And it goes with the same, you know, during a race when a driver up at the top starts getting like a five second penalty or a 10 second penalty or something. Yes. But you know, now let's say that now they miss out on the podium and someone else gets the podium and it's like, Oh, well, does that not count the, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, how fast you're going or where you're finishing. Like you need to finish the race. You need to like if you're it's, saying it's Logan didn't over. deserve yeah. the point, then you should say Carlos doesn't deserve the podium. Exactly. Because it's about that's that period yeah. mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, you know, you need to push all the way till the end until you cross that finish line because you never know what's going to happen. You know, right. someone might have a five second penalty or 10 second penalty or someone might go off the track on like the second to last lap like George did, you know, yes. and Lewis was able to get in there. Like you have to just drive right and. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. So you never know. So F1 podcast, I guess we should, we should answer their question. Do you think that he can get back to back points in Mexico? I'm going to say no. Mm -hmm. I think that this was like a great opportunity for him to, to get the points. But if I had to say twice in a row, I'm going to say, no, I think will he be able to have that confidence and go into Mexico being able to maybe stay close to Alex? Yeah. But I mean, Alex is driving at the peak of his driving skills at this Mm -hmm. point, especially with the, in the Williams car, he just feels very comfortable with it. And he's been with the team for a long time. And so Logan, I think it's his goal for the rest of the season to just try and stay in the race and be as close to Alex as possible. And I don't know that top 10 is, is where their car is at. Yeah. And they know that Logan has a little bit of a different car than, than Alex does. He has kind of like 
a hybrid. You know, they've been putting some upgrades on him while keeping other ones just because the finances. So, mm-hmm. you know, they know what what Logan's working with. And I think that's why the team has been so great kind of supporting him and and knowing that he doesn't have the best car out there and isn't performing, you know, like he's doing right. the best with what he can and he's learning and they're really, they're really there for them, for him. And do you, I don't remember if it was you and I that were talking about it or someone else, but someone was saying that they feel like Williams really wants to keep Logan because of the fact that he brings in so many potentially great American sponsors. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of American companies that look at, you know, an American driver and they're like, Hey, I want to sponsor him. So do you think that that's a factor into whether or not he keeps his seat? Um, honestly, I don't think so. Do you think that him getting the points has sealed his seat for next year? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, possibly. Yeah. Because I was already kind of unsure, like, are they not going to bring him back next year? So I feel like, yeah, I think, I think he'll be back next year now for sure. Okay. I what think do you so think? too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've also like, we've both been kind of like, I Iffy. don't know, you know, I don't know what the situation is with them. They seem like they're being like really like working with him and saying, but then there was that moment when they're like, well, it's up to him. And it's like, Oh no, I know. <laughs> so I think, I think he'll be back. Yeah. Um, and I just, I hope, I hope he is. I think mm-hmm. that it's a great, I think I really want to know more about him. I feel like he's kind of an anomaly when it comes to the rest of the grid. We know all the rest of the grid pretty well. They've been around for a while. I mean, Oscar, I think we've gotten to know pretty well this year just because of him being at the top so much Mm -hmm. and him being interviewed so much. I think Logan, like week after week, has kind of been you know, beat down. And so you're not really getting to see his true personality. So I'm excited to maybe hopefully get another season to like really get to know him as a driver, as a person. And, and hopefully he gets that seat. So we'll see. So we have one last question from Stephanie and she says, do you think the cowboy stuff is overdone? Isn't Austin about keeping it weird? What do you think? Yes, I I do. Honestly, yes. And like, I love Texas, like country music, cowboy stuff. Like, I love it. But I mean, you have like Ferrari with these cheesy party city hats and these mustaches. And they did the same thing last year. Like, maybe switch it up. But like, it's getting a little bit too cheesy, I think. Like a little bit too much. You think some of the aspects of it are too much? Yeah. Which ones do you not think are too much? Like the food, the food oh, no, no, no. Yeah. or like the presentation on the grid before the race. Yeah, like, like I think what Coda does is great because uh-huh. I like that it is about Texas and, you know, especially now like the that, bowl. yeah, now that we have Miami and Vegas, it's like, how can we make this race different, stand mm-hmm. out besides just like the U.S., right? Right. So I love that it's like focused on Texas and, and, and all of that. But like as far as the drivers and the teams with what they're doing, I think it's kind of like it's getting repetitive Mm -hmm. and (laughs) maybe because I've seen it already for like so many years and it just feels like okay come up with something new like you can still do Texas stuff and cowboy stuff but yeah like get a new outfit or get a (laughs) get a new hat or something I don't know get a hat that fits your head (laughs) (laughs) yeah no um I agree well I think some of the things are Mm -hmm. a little yeah like I love how they go to eat at barbecue places and like experience local things but then yeah. there's kind of like too much of a little like show yeah. about it where it's not authentic. Yeah, I think I think everything that Coda did was amazing. I loved the the choice of the national anthem singer being a Texas native. Yes, I, I love that because yeah. some years it hasn't been. And I've been like, why? You know, like, yeah, was it especially with Austin being so big with the music scene? Huge. That, and yes. food. Mm hmm. So I love the food selections. I loved the music. I, I loved the, all of the, you know, the dueling piano stuff. That was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, there were parts of it that I'm like, okay, that's a little too much. Like I, I love Danny. Don't get me wrong. Like he is like, the, we need to just adopt him as like a local <laughs> Texan. Like, let's just, let's just call it what it is. He wants to be one of us. Um, but I also think some like, I was expecting him to do more this year 
like more and then he kind of went like in a weird direction with the handlebars <laughs> like you saw like the like he had mm-hmm. the sideburns with the handlebars yeah. and he's done that before so that's why i'm Has also like yeah and okay. so i'm like well yeah come. that and the boots i love the boots but also he always wears the ut jersey and i'm mm-hmm. like bro bro there's other colleges besides <laughs> ut like love that it's in austin love ut but like you do the same thing every year i think like you said, mix it up a little mm-hmm. bit. It, it it is a little kitschy. Yeah. Um, some of the things. And but I mean, look, I'm here for it. As long as we get attention as Texans and we get attention as the USGP, mm-hmm. like I'm here for it. Do whatever you need to do to just keep this race here because yeah. I'm happy with that. So to answer your question, Stephanie, I think there's parts of it that I didn't love, but I think there's parts of it that make it what it is and a lot of that has to do with the Texas culture. Mm-hmm. And so. you know, one thing that I do love, which I don't know if it has anything to do with this, is the flags, the giant Texas flag and the American yes. flag on the shots, like during the race. Mm-hmm. It looks just so good. Every time they show it, I'm like, oh, I love that shot. I know. It's so good. I know. That and the sky tower with the fireworks yeah. coming out of the side. That mm-hmm. was so cool. Um, okay. So a couple more things I wanted to bring up since... None of you guys asked this in the Q&A, and I was like, what the heck? Booing on the podium. Oh, gosh. Okay, so let's talk about that, because I think that was, like, a big deal. It was causing, like, a lot of ruckus on the internet, Um, and a lot of people were pissed off about that. So what did you think? So apparently it's what they're saying, and they're blaming all the Checo fans, which I um, agree with, definitely. If you're mad at that, then, like, be mad at your Red Bull fans. Yeah, (laughs) or, like... Bucheco because maybe he needs to be doing better <laughs> like you know um literally but- <laughs> like why why are you guys booing like calm down mm-hmm. and I think I also think on the flip side people who are commenting and saying oh like that's just Americans because they don't like mm-hmm. Max I'm like okay hold on um no yeah. It's not. It's a select few of people who, by the way, the USGP is known for having a very large Checo fan base. Yes. And I'm like, you know, they're that's what they're there to do. They like love Checo. They're passionate about Checo. Like it's not American fans. I think a lot of the great thing about the USGP is that there's fans for every driver there. It's mm. not just like Ferrari fans or it's not just like Dutch fans like, you know, max fans or whatever it is like a very large mix yeah but it was those select few that were being loud that you could really hear and like yeah it's distracting but max doesn't give a shit yeah max is like i'm winning i don't care peace out i'm here with the trophy Mm -hmm. like he doesn't care so like why do you care yeah and it it did also happen in miami um with some of the fans and i think it was worse in miami because they were like yelling some pretty bad things at max and like at like when they were parked with the car and stuff sure um but look i don't mind the booing like i don't like when 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 fans boo at a driver and then you go online and it's like oh my gosh how could you boo oh like God. come on like have you never how been to dare a, you? yeah like i'm all for booing yeah but like you also have to be respectful but i don't mind the booing you know i don't like um on like when you're watching it at home and then someone starts booing and they're like oh my gosh no 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 stop like just let the fans like these drivers aren't going to get hurt. I yeah. mean, you know, they're not going to go home and start crying because they got booed. Like, yeah. give me I a just break. Think like people online need to calm down. I like, think that's the general yeah. consensus. Like, like, I'm like, have you never been down. to a sporting event? Literally. Like, have you, you never boo been like, everywhere? At the Astros game last night. We We're had booing all the time. <laughs> booing everywhere. We have booing all the, uh, the Texans game. I mean, come on. People are allowed to boo. It's like their own right mm-hmm. to be able to do that. We can all have differing opinions yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Like, and so many, I mean, all the drivers that have been winning have gotten booed before and it's fine. Like it's not a boo deal, and guys. move on. I think it just like the in the recent years, it started getting really, really like it's contentious. Sense, like everybody got so sensitive about yeah. it. And I think on um Sky Sports also they kind of sometimes are like, Oh, how could this be happening? Like, don't boo and it's like just stop like just, just let, the, let, let the fans like, yeah do you know how much money we spend to go to this race like mm-hmm. we can say and and be upset if like our favorite racer didn't, yeah or driver didn't do well like, like we don't have to cheer for every single driver like we're not no. there to see everybody just 
win and have fun like we yeah. want to see our guys win yeah and, and it's all in fun like they were just doing it in fun it's like not a big deal and then the other thing i saw on the internet was like this woman like who's a lewis hamilton fan <gasps> yelling in this guy who's a lando mclaren fan mm-hmm. turns out their mom and son yeah did you I hear saw about that? that i i still like i'm kind of like hmm is that How her is son that? yeah they didn't but, really yeah. yeah but still they were like Calm down. We were, it was all in good fun, mm-hmm. but people were ki- like, like that's between them, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's between them. And I just don't understand why the media has to be so like, I feel like they just love any moment that they can to create drama mm-hmm. when there isn't any, yeah. like those Especially two fans were just having Americans. fun. They were, yes, they were just having fun. Like they were having fun. We, we had the same kind of banter with people around our mm-hmm our group like it was just all in fun like if they had caught us on camera they would have been like "Ooh, look at those people like blah blah (laughs) like they're these fans and they're yelling at these fans and everyone should raise hell and it's like no they're just having fun like calm down yeah so that was like annoying yeah but there's i just feel like lately there's just been a lot like people are just getting too sensitive and which um reminds me speaking of like soft and sensitive so in qatar (laughs) you know how we were talking about like the heat and all of that so lewis hamilton um made a quote saying that he didn't race that was some king shit but he um has raced in malaysia and obviously singapore and he's familiar with with that and he says we don't need to be taking away races or making changes because it's too extreme or or borderline extreme he just like drivers just need to train better and and do what you need to do to perform at that level because they are the best at what they do and so athletes yeah and so they shouldn't be like okay let's not go race over there because it was too hot or this and that like you just kind of change it up and now you train and do better which i completely agree and he even said like we can't be getting too soft in this sport because otherwise you know how are you going to show that you are the best and that you can? We need in another these mic so Lynette can <laughs> drop the mic in here. Do we have one? Yes. No, literally a hundred percent agree with you. You are so on point. I think people need to calm down. This is an extreme sport. We're having fun watching it. The drivers are intense athletes. They're working their butts off every week mm-hmm. to race in these races, and like they they don't need to be softened up and neither do we. Yeah. So we're all good. (laughs) Yeah. So Um, it's, you know, have fun, boo at someone that you don't like, but you know, just be respectful, but still like of other people around you at the races. mm -hmm. I get that. Like, don't like, you know, talk a bunch of shit and get in a fight. Like that's not what we need, but like a boo is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about was Danny Rick's wrist. So did you notice any sort of differences in the driving between like before injury and post injury? Yeah. I was like, okay, he's still the same, Mm -hmm. like hanging in there. Yeah. And apparently he had damage to his car, which is why he didn't, or he finished last. Um, so we can't really say like how he would have really performed. And if Yuki got five, I don't don't know what position, but he got five points. So, um, we can't really tell how he would have where he would have finished if he wouldn't have had. Yeah. But in damage. the sprint race, he finished ahead of Yuki. Okay. Yeah. So, so he was 12th mm-hmm. and Yuki was 14th. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's back. I think it's mm-hmm. safe to say like Danny's back, like hopefully he's fully recovered and we yeah. can move on. And hopefully um, in Mexico, there's no issues with the car so that we can see like his true performance and, and yeah. see him really be back. And then last thing I wanted to say, um, so Lance in the points, mm-hmm. He yes. was seventh. Yes. He, and he started in the ninth. pit lane, which, yes. um, so Aston Martin, they, we talked about them having some upgrades or like going back to a different spec that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it worked really, really well because, um, both Lance and Alonso were, they were expecting like a P8, P9 mm-hmm. and from starting from the pit lane, um, Alonso had to retire the car for some other issues, but they're really happy with going whatever upgrades that they, <laughs> that they went back to or what they added. And, um, they are going to bring some more for Mexico. So, okay. So we'll see, maybe we'll also see them up there fighting with Mercedes McLaren Ferrari. Yeah. Like that would be, that would be exciting. So the more that we have up there, 
trying to catch Max is yeah <laughs> is more exciting. So um, we had a bit of news that we wanted to cover this week. I'm sorry, I have to take a <laughs> sip of water. So um, ASAP Rocky was announced as creative director of Puma and F1 sponsorships. So that's very that's a new. Um, a new development. I think originally, wasn't it that lady who's the creative director of Puma that was creating all of that, um, mm-hmm. all of the drops? But is this something that is just going to be like they're going to be changing it up every once in a while, or is he like an official one he, for long term? No. So he is creating a, he's just designing one capsule collection okay. that will be re- released later this year. So be interested to see that. He's kind of a fashion, fashionisto. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, that'll be cool. And then I also had that this is some big news that came in during the during the week leading up to the race. So Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes and Rory McIlroy are now investors in Alpine. So how much money do you think they invested in Alpine? (laughs) Did I already tell you this? I think I I think you did. Okay, 200 million euros, which to me, that's not very much. No, they're just like. Here, I think Alpine has just taken in whoever wants yeah, to. Yeah, they just want the promotion, like promoting and, yeah. and which, do you think it's going to, okay. like it's working? That I was don't. my next question was, what do you think this is for? And do you think it's a good thing that racing is incorporating other sports? I don't think so, but I'm like. You're, you're a truest. Yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> you're a purist, an F1 purist. I know. I'm over here like, <clears throat> no change. Don't come in here. Don't do this. But um, yeah, I don't think so. And also the way they're doing it, like with so many of them, like it's going to, I feel like just get a little too like crowded and like, okay, what's, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. And then if they don't start performing, then it's going to be like, okay, well, you're focusing on all of these other athletes and celebrities and what for what like right now I'm already like okay well for what like is it helping yeah are we seeing more Alpine fans right I don't think so I don't think that's gonna bring more fans right so I I heard an interview with that boxer that you were talking about Mm -hmm. I heard an interview with Will Buxton real quick yeah (laughs) so on the grid when Martin was talking to him he said he was like Alpine Alpine uh he's like yeah I've been informed it's Alpine, not Alpine. And I'm like, oh my God. That, that's not a good start to, not you a know, good start. like to this, I don't know, ambassadorship <laughs> that you're doing yeah. or something. I mean, you just, with comments just like that, the name. yeah, comments like that, it makes you wonder like, why, why, what are you doing? So he said, why during the interview with Will Buxton, he was talking about how it was going to be a great networking opportunity and a great yeah. like exposure opportunity so see so i was kind of like okay but do you like formula one Mm -hmm. so for me the thing with all this is i'm okay with these sort of like unknown athletes or these like lesser known athletes getting together and investing (laughs) in stuff (laughs) (laughs) unknown um i'm okay with sort of these like lesser known or like more established athletes that are like in the background sort of but for me, I don't know. I think it's the Travis Kelsey of it all that's so cringe that I'm just like, I I feel like he's riding this high right now it's of not being authentic. like at the top of like yeah. his career popularity wise. I just think like you're you're either a Travis Kelsey fan or you're not, and I feel like I veer on the side of not, even though I know like don't come for me, Taylor Swift fans. Like I'm a Swifty too, but like. I just think that he is sort of like riding this wave of popularity and he's like eating it up and it's a little thirsty to me. Mm-hmm. It's a little thirsty. Yeah. And also there's a point I think where you get to celebrity fatigue where like they're in the news so much yeah. that you're just like, oh, can he take a break for a second? Cause like, I feel like every day I hear something about him mm-hmm. and I'm just like kind of over it. Yeah. I'm just kind of over it. Yeah. And but- it's like, I don't watch football or, or listen to that news or other news. And it's like, they're still coming in like in formula one. I'm like, I don't follow formula one or formula one accounts to listen or to to hear about all of these other. Yeah. And, and also I think, I think I understand the gulf of it all. Like Rory McIlroy 
is not only well known to the drivers, like he loves Formula One. Yeah. I think like golfers tend to love Formula One and Mm -hmm. Formula One tends to love like PGA Tour. So I think that's a good synergy to work off of. I don't understand where the football comes in, but yeah. and you know, and maybe like we'll... this, and the same with the boxer. I mean, if you yeah. can't even pronounce the team's name, and you you're going straight out and saying it's for networking and this and that, like, how as a fan am I? How is yeah. that going to excite me, right? To right. go and support Alpine or support the, I don't know, you like that just it doesn't sit well. Like it's not authentic. Like you're using mm-hmm. F1 and F1 fans and the drivers also. Yeah. Well, that's our soapbox. I know. And sorry, guys, <laughs> that we do not approve of that in- investment. But um, but hopefully, hopefully we're proved wrong. Who knows? Maybe our minds will be changed. Mm-hmm. But as of now, I'm like WTF. Yeah. So last thing I wanted to bring up in the news that we hadn't talked about yet was the maximum fine that the FIA can issue to a driver has been raised to one million dollars. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, it's a lot and I don't like, we don't really know. So what would be the one that would get a million dollars? Like what would have to happen? Right. I Mm -hmm. feel like I didn't really see anything on that. It wasn't clear. Um, but I saw a lot of the driver comments. I mean, like some of them, like they don't have that money, you know, like George said when his first few years in formula one, he actually lost money because you know, you have to pay for so much stuff and right. Magnuson says like if that happens like then that's I'm it I'm out. done yeah um so they should know that that's not like something doable for the drivers and yeah and I think the most iconic comment came from Lewis that was like sure you want to find a million dollars fine but I hope that extra money is going to somewhere else other than the FIA's hands mm-hmm. and we're putting it to a good cause because like at the end of the day, which is not they happen. don't know. But at the end of the day, they don't need all the extra money because yeah. they're making already so much money, the FIA. So mm-hmm. like, why are they now wanting to find people more like the drivers? Yeah, and more? like, and what, what is it? So like, what does the driver have to do to get a million dollars? Like, tell us, right? If it's something absolutely horrible, then yeah, okay. The driver shouldn't be doing that. And yeah. then most likely they won't do it. But is it, I don't know, like. I guess like the most recent thing was, yeah, like, you know, (laughs) or Lewis crossing the track when he wasn't supposed to like things like that, That, which in the moment, like you might not eat, like so much is going on. You're not going to be thinking like, I can't walk through here or something like that. Like you never know. Right. Right. What was the reason for crossing the track? But like, I don't, I just don't see a world in where like there would be something bad enough for someone to be Mm -hmm. fined a million dollars. I mean, like bail for murderers (laughs) is set at $250,000. Like how could that possibly be like something that would be okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just don't, I don't understand, but we don't know. We don't know everything about formula one. So I guess we'll TBD on, on more details for that. But yeah. So let's just briefly run, run through the, um, the team standings. Yes. So we have four races to go. Mm -hmm. And um, so we have a couple little battles going on. We have Ferrari and Mercedes with the 22 point difference. So they're kind of either catching up like they're trying to catch up to Mercedes to finish second. Mm -hmm. Right. Because right now we have obviously Red Bull and then we have Mercedes and then Ferrari. So they're they're trying to um get see who gets second and third there and then we have mclaren is now six points ahead of aston martin so they've passed them and it's crazy to see how much mclaren sucked at the beginning of the season and what an amazing job their team has done to like bring these cars forward don't you think yeah for sure and and like continuing to do it like it wasn't just one race or two races like they are 100 percent like in the game and, yeah. and every weekend, like going for it now. Yeah. So um, I don't think Aston Martin's going to catch them back up. I think McLaren's just going to keep moving up and moving up. Right. And then the next big one that we had been looking at was Perez and Lewis. Mm. So right now it's at 240 with 201. And I think mm-hmm. before the disqualification, he had like really a good chance. Yeah. I know. And I think with this, gosh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to get it now because that's 
what, 40, 39 points now. Because we had talked about this a couple a couple weeks ago, and I had predicted that Lewis was going to beat Perez. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's 40 points. That's a lot, especially with Perez still finishing in the top 10 every race. I don't know that it's even doable. Mm-hmm. I need to do my math on that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think as long as Perez is getting at least, what, top six, I think he'll be fine. Right. I don't know. Like we said, I don't need to do the math, but I'm just thinking like if he's just consistently getting some points, I don't think Lewis can make up 39 and well, four and he races. has his home race coming up, which yeah. I feel like he always does well in. Yeah. So. And then the last one we have um, Fernando and Carlos. So 183 for Fernando and Carlos 171, which um, do you think Carlos will catch Fernando? I do. Yeah. I'm going to go. Yes. I think Carlos will will catch Fernando. I agree. I just think based on Carlos's driving performance lately, he's just been really, really good, mm-hmm. really fast, and takes those chances the same way that Fernando does. Yeah. So it's it's very, it's almost a little bit poetic to see these two going head to head at the I end know. of the season. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So um, so next up, Mexico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next this weekend. Yeah. So we covered a lot today. I hope we covered everything for y'all. I know we didn't do like a particular race recap, but there was a lot going on and we wanted to kind of talk about what was going on outside of the track. So hopefully you guys like this episode. Let us know in the comments and we will see you back in two in a week. What, in one week. Next yes. Monday. Thank you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.